Are we on? We are on. Glory to God. How good was Cheryl? Hey, you are such a blessing. You know, that's good. It's good to know that you are a blessing. Why? Because you're blessed of the Lord. Amen. Hey, was that easy to learn, Cheryl? You paid a price for it, didn't you? You paid a price to learn what you just shared. Yeah. Was it easy? Yeah, a few tears were shed. Yeah, a bit of heartache that you had to get on your knees. Yeah, and then you had to study. Yeah, you see, why are so many Christians beat up? Because they never get into the Word. You might read it, but you never study it. So it's only if you haven't studied it, it's only head knowledge. To study it, you put it into practice and you make it work. Yeah? And you work with the Holy Spirit to prove the Word of God in your own life. Then, when it becomes experiential knowledge, now the devil can't steal the Word from you. Why? Because you've proven it yourself and you know it's true. It's no longer just in your head, but it's. Deep in your spirit, in your heart. You know it. You know it because you know it because you know it and nothing can take it away from you. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that right, Cheryl? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's why she can shout before the Lord. Why? Because when you get a revelation from God, you can't help but shout. You can't help but shout. You see, you should have read <clears throat> 2 Samuel 6. The next verse. Why? Because it says that David went leaping. Because some people think dancing is just, you know, shuffling your feet. No, Daniel went leaping and praising the Lord. Hallelujah. When he danced before the Lord, he leapt. Oh, no, we can't do that in church, can we? We can't leap around. I mean, people might get offended. People might get upset. Hmm? Yeah, the only people that get upset are the religious ones. Hallelujah. Why? Because heaven is a noisy place. People are leaping and praising the Lord and shouting praises to him. Yeah, and waving their arms. But my arms get tired if I hold them up. Yeah. <laughs> That's because you don't do it enough. <laughs> Why? You see, if you lift your arms before the Lord on a daily basis and give him praise, hallelujah, you're going to get used to lifting your arms. And then when you get lost in his presence, you don't feel anything in the natural because you've, trans, you've moved into the spirit now. Hallelujah. And you can hold your arms up for hours and not be affected. It's fun. Glory to, you should, don't try it, just do it. You know, people say to you, you should try it sometime. No, <clears throat> don't try the kingdom of God. Just do it. Hmm? And in order to do that, you have to say, body, do it in Jesus' name. Yeah? So I found when I, when I sit down and read the Bible, I'd start to nod off. Huh? Anybody do that? Yeah? So then I found out how to fix that. 
Go and stand on the edge of the bath. Hmm? Stand on the edge of your bath and read the Bible and say, now, body, if you fall off to sleep, you're in trouble. Eh? And see if you're not off. Glory to God. So, body, get in line in Jesus' name. You're not going to sleep now. You're going to read the word. Hmm? Meditate in the scriptures. Day and night, meditate in the scriptures. You know one of the best things about that? Your, your vine shall not... Um, shall produce fruit in the field. Psalm 128 says that my wife is like a fruitful vine in my household. Hallelujah. So why my wife produces fruit. Four kids. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you see, not just that. You read Proverbs 31, and that's Proverbs 31 is a pro- that woman is a producer. She rises early and goes to bed late. And she produces, she buys and sells property, she manufactures things. She's a productive woman. See, the woman of God is productive. Hallelujah. Just as the man of God is productive. Yeah? God's so good. Are you excited? What's the subject this week, this month? Love. 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 God is the God of, <clears throat> yeah, but God is love. He's not just the God of, he is love. And love is God. Not talking about Hollywood. <clears throat> Hollywood love is lust. Hollywood love is lust. Hollywood love is a counterfeit. It's just physical lust. But God is love. So you see, if you watch a lot of Hollywood, you get a misconception of what love is. Because love is God and God is love. So in the Greek, there's four words that describe love. So there's four different types of love. Okay? So we're going to read... From 1 John 4, verse 7, through to the end of the chapter, from the loud version, the amplified, because it'll give us all of the little words to bring more meaning for you, yeah? That's why I like to teach from the, the amplified. The other, <coughs> the other versions are good to read. The amplified's good to study. Mm -hmm. From verse 7 of 1 John 4. Beloved. Is anybody here known as the beloved? Who in this place is called the beloved? So if you're born again, you're of the beloved. So beloved, say that's me. So he's talking to me. Let us love one another. Let us love one another. For love springs from God, and he who loves his fellow men is begotten or born of God and is coming progressively to know and understand God, to perceive and recognize 
and get a better and clearer knowledge of him. He who does not love has not, been, has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest, displayed, where we are concerned, in that God sent his Son, the only begotten or unique Son, into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. No man has at any time yet seen God, but if we love one another, God abides, lives, and remains in us. And his love, that love which is essentially his, is brought to completion, to its full maturity, runs its full course, is perfected in us. By this we come to know, perceive, recognize, and understand that we abide, live, and remain in him, and he in us. Because he has given, imparted to us of his Holy Spirit. And besides, we ourselves have seen, have deliberately and steadfastly contemplated and bear witness that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Anyone who confesses, acknowledges, owns that Jesus is the Son of God... God abides, lives, makes his home in him. And he abides, lives, and makes his home in God. And we know, we understand, we recognize, we are conscious of, and by observation and by experience, and believe, adhere to, and put faith in, and rely on the love God cherishes for us. God is love. And he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God. And God dwells and continues in him. In this, the union and communion with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, with assurance and boldness to face him. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment, And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. 
We love him because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and detests or abominates, hates his brother in Christ, he's a liar. For he who does not have love, uh, for he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this command, charge, order, injunction, we have from him, that he who loves God shall love his brother, believer also. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You had enough? Okay, that's... God is so good. So see, love your fellow brother in Christ. That's to love one another here. Yeah? Those who are Christians. Yeah? God loved the world. We're to love our fellow Christians and have a desire to see the world saved. Yeah, we're also told to love people. Yeah, so the people of the world, but that's a different love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, so the love I have for you is different to the love I have for the people of the world. Yeah. <clears throat> so the first one is in one John four seven. Beloved, let us love one another, so that that love is agapo, or spelled A-G-A-P-A-O. That's a brotherly love, okay? To love in a social or moral sense, but it's also an unconditional love. Yeah? So we're to love one another unconditionally. So you see, most love in the world is conditional. I'll love you if you do this. Hmm? I'll love you if you do. Yeah, It's conditional. But the Christian love is unconditional. Unconditional. So the love between a husband and wife should be unconditional. Why? Because we all, does anybody here never made a mistake? Anybody here never said the wrong thing? Anybody here um, wish they could take back some of the things they said? Yeah. Wish they could take back some of the things they've done? Hmm? Praise God. It's very quiet in this Presbyterian church. (laughs) See, so nobody here is perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. Yeah? So we, we can all say everybody here's made a mistake. So everybody here's sinned. Hmm? Even to one another. Yeah? So we say something but have no intention of doing it. Yeah. But then one John one nine says that if I confess my sin, God is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So if God can cleanse us from all unrighteousness because we confess our sin, then when we come to one another and ask for forgiveness, glory to God, it's just as if they never sinned against you. 
Hallelujah. But even if they don't come, you still forgive. Thank you, Jesus. Why? If you walk in forgiveness, the devil has no hold over you. Hallelujah. That's why God says to walk in love, to love one another. Yeah. So the devil won't get a foothold. Never, ever, ever. Hallelujah. Why? Because you're free. You haven't got anything held over anybody. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so to be full of goodwill is what that love is about. Goodwill for one another. Hmm? Um, to exhibit the same. So that the way you live is to exhibit that goodwill. You believe the best of everyone in the body of Christ. Yeah? It's not, talk not talking about the world. <clears throat> this is the body of Christ. Okay, so you prefer your brother or prefer your sister. Yeah. <clears throat> to wish well. So always looking for the best for them. To regard the welfare of. So always looking out for one another. So that you don't come up short. Yeah. So is any, if you see your brother in need... And say, have a good day. God bless you. See you later. And don't meet the need or pray with them for their need to be met. Then you haven't been a good brother or sister. Glory to God. So if you're looking out for each other, hallelujah, you become a force to be reckoned with. Because there's a unity that comes and a strength Thank you, Jesus. So look at Romans, um, Romans 13. From verse 8. <clears throat> Keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love one another. Okay. Don't owe anybody anything but to love one another. Amen? For he who loves his neighbour, who practices loving others, has fulfilled the law relating to one's fellow men, meeting all its requirements. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, have an evil desire... And any other commandment are summed up in the single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to one's neighbor. It never hurts anybody. Therefore, love meets all the requirements and is fulfilling the law. So love fulfills the law. God is love. He sent his son, Jesus. Jesus says, I've come not to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. Love fulfills the law. Hallelujah. So when you love your fellow brother and sister, you're fulfilling the law of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Back to 1 John 4. 
that God is love, that love is agape or agape. Some say agape, but the pronunciation of it is agape. And that talks about affection or benevolence. Affection, goodwill, love, benevolence, the love of the Christian towards the Christian. So 1 Corinthians 13 is that love. It's often read at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, from verse 7. So love bears up under anything. Love bears up under anything. It doesn't matter what comes, love bears up. And everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It's hopes and fadeless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. You see, love endures all things. Hallelujah. During the Second World War, there were so many soldiers went to war with a picture of their loved one. And a lot of them came back saying, that was that picture that gave me the will to live and to come home. Yeah. So it's that love draws you. Love draws you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Verse 8, love never fails. Never fades out or becomes obsolete and comes to an end. As for prophecy, that is the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. That is, it will lose its value and be superseded by truth. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching, is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. But when the complete has perfect total, it comes. The incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, become antiquated, void, and superseded. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Now that I have become a man, I am more. I am done with childish ways and have put them aside. For now, we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim blur reflection of reality, as in a riddle or an enigma. But then... When perfection comes, we shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part, imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been, fully and clearly known and understood by God. And so faith, hope, love abide. Faith, 
conviction and belief respecting man's relation to God and divine things, hope, joyfully and confidently expectation of eternal salvation, love, true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for us and in us. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So verse 14, he says, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your greatest quest, and earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments, especially that you may prophesy. So what's he say? Pursue love. Love is the greatest. Yeah? Because when you have love perfected, everything else comes into line. Hallelujah. So pursue love. Because God is love. So then when you pursue God, you're pursuing love. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. You see, all the way through the scripture, it's talking about pursuing God, to seek him. To... So your goal should be to seek him, not to fix yourself. Most people concentrate on trying to fix themselves up. But if you get into the word and pursue God, along the, the road, he will perfect you. Hallelujah. Why? Because the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance or gives you revelation of the things that you need to set in alignment with the kingdom and how to realign yourself with the kingdom. Yeah? How to come into alignment with the promises of God. Glory to God. Who he is ready to live 120 years. Yeah? 120 years. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. God says, I won't strive with flesh forever. Man shall live but 120 years. Glory to God. Do you know what? We can do it. Yeah, but, what, but what about getting old and having all those problems? But I've been redeemed from the curse. You see, the problems you have with age is, comes from the curse. Hallelujah. But Galatians 3.20 said, I've been redeemed from the curse. 3.13. I've been redeemed from the curse. Hallelujah. So then you have to go into the Word to study the Word to find out how I fix all this and get in alignment with the kingdom. And then like Caleb, say, <clears throat> I'm as strong now as I was before. Even though I'm 80 years old, I'm as strong now as I was at 40. Give me my mountain. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And how come Sarah, even though she was in her 80s, <clears throat> was sought after by a king because she was so beautiful. Hey, what? An 80-year-old woman? Hmm? Adds an, added to a king's harem because of her beauty? What, but what about the sa everything sags? Huh? The saggy skin? Hmm? Glory to God. Isn't that what the world sees? Hmm? <clears throat> Why plastic surgeons make so much money? Because of vanity. So it's easier to go under the knife than to get into the word. 
Glory to God. I'd rather get in the Word. Hmm? Amen? Amen. It, <coughs> it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> you see, if you get into the Word, you find out how to make your body function as God designed it to function. How to get back what the devil has stolen. Hmm? What he's taken from you. You see, the violent take it by force. Yeah. You see, when we were having our children, we studied about supernatural childbirth. Glory to God. And found out it's real because you've been redeemed from the curse. So therefore, the curse no longer applies. Hallelujah. But you've got to stand on the word. And your experience says <clears throat> that there's pain in childbirth. But the word says you're redeemed from it. Hallelujah. So you have to stand on the word. So every time fear comes, fear is your greatest enemy in everything. But what did, we say? What did the word say? That love overcomes fear? Hmm? And if you have the love of God in you, then fear has no place in you. So then you have to have a love for the word of God. Knowing that the word of God's true. And therefore fear can't come on you. So anytime fear, you sense fear. Fear comes on like a symptom. Hmm? Anxiety. Stress. Comes on like a symptom. The moment you sense that trigger, worship God. Hmm? Submit to God. Resist the devil, he flees. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So see, we, we studied supernatural childbirth. Glory to God. I found it's real. That you can speak to your body and command it to do what God designed it to do. Thank you, Jesus. Even in, in, in one of the deliveries, the, uh, the nurse that was attending with the midwife said, I can't get a blood pressure. It's all over the place. And the midwife said, what do you mean? She went around to take the blood pressure and... In the meantime, I just said, blood pressure, come back into alignment in Jesus' name. But I didn't say it out loud. I'm not trying to make a scene. I just said it under my breath. Loud enough for the angels to hear and loud enough for the devil to hear. Glory to God. And loud enough for my wife's body to hear. Yeah? And my wife was in agreement. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And the midwife takes her blood pressure and says, it's normal. What are you talking about? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You see, after she delivered the first, our first son, the midwife's giving her a sponge down and the midwife says to her, so how many children are you planning to have? And my wife says, oh, another three, four more. Four is our total. The midwife goes, what? What did you say? And my wife goes, three more. Why? She says, I, in all my years I have never heard a woman, after what you've just been through, say to me, I'm having more children. They all say, never again. Hallelujah. But you see, a believer who knows her authority in God, in the kingdom, hallelujah, with no pain, hmm? and knows that children are a blessing of the Lord, 
but also has received a prophecy saying that she's going to have four. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, God's good. Amen? Amen. And so men, you don't have to get old. Why? Because your strength is renewed daily as you meditate in the scriptures and dig out the scriptures that you need to ensure that you live to 120. Strong, healthy, of a sound mind. Amen? You see, that's why you need to pray over your food. Hmm? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hmm? But when you pray over your food, even if it has poison in it, which most food these days has poison in it, pray over it, that that poison has no effect. Neutralize it. Why do you say grace? So that nothing deadly in the food kills you. Hmm? Poisons you. Hallelujah. Amen. Most foods today are picked early, processed, and there's so much food out there that's GMO, that's genetically modified to make bigger. Hallelujah. But there's no substance in it. It hasn't got the same nutrients in it that it used to have. It's just big food. Glory to God. There's some bad stuff out there. That's why you need to pray. So before you drink or before you put food in your mouth, pray. Give thanks to God for the food. Pray over it. And, and he said to me, speak light, life, and love into everything you put into your mouth. Before you put it in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, why? What's it light, life, and love? God is love. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Hmm? Thank you, Lord. And he gives us life. So our life comes from God. He is our light. Hmm? And he is love. So when you speak light, life, and love into the food, you're speaking God into it. Thank you, Jesus. And nothing, <laughs> nothing deadly in it will harm this body. In Jesus' name. And then my strength is renewed daily. Hallelujah. Yeah? So how do you start every morning? Do you thank him for the day or say, oh, do I have to get up this morning? Hmm? Not another day. I feel like a truck ran over me last night. Why do you feel that way in the morning? Because of how you went to bed the night before. Ah. You see, how you go to bed the night before sets the tone for how you're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then that sets the tone for how you get up the next morning. And so if yesterday was a bad day and you went to, he- went to bed with a bad head and a bad mouth, you'll get up the next day with a bad head and a bad mouth. And the next day will be just as bad as the day before. You've got to stop the cycle. So how do you stop the cycle? Pray. So if you meditate in scripture and pray before you go to bed, glory to God. And when you, when you lay down, give him thanks. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, that tonight I'll get that four hours of deep sleep I need to refresh my body and get it renewed. You see, your body heals itself eh, and brings strength to your, to your bones in sleep. That's why when most people get, when the worldly people get sick, the best thing for them is to sleep because their body's healing itself. Medication doesn't heal you. All medication does is mask the symptoms. So you think you're getting better. It's actually your body that heals itself. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, God built it. Hmm? He made it good. And it works good. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. So you see, as, as a born-again believer, your body doesn't have to degenerate. It can regenerate. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. New cells. You see, every seven years you've got a new body. But how come it still gets older? Well, every seven years your body is totally brand new. You've got all new cells. Hmm? Hallelujah. So thank you, Jesus, that my body stays fresh. Eh? Lasts long. <laughs> Why? So I can put more pain on the devil. Jesus' name. Kick his butt from here to kingdom come. Why? For all the pain that he's put on my household and my uh, ancestors that have gone before me. So my grandfather suffered from the age of 26 with hunchback. So he had a stiff hunched back, stiff neck. But at the age of 26, he was six foot two. I didn't get that gene. (laughs) (laughs) But he was a fast bowler. So I got a picture of him at Sydney Cricket Ground bowling, praise God, in the newspaper, the Sydney Morning Herald. So he, he spent a fortune on doctors. So was he a believer? Yeah. Did they teach healing? No. You see, all, all he hears from the church is you're suffering for Jesus. Give Jesus the glory. You're kidding. But then why did he spend so much money trying to get healed? You see, that's what I like to ask Christians who tell me they're suffering for Jesus. So why do you go to the doctor? Why do you spend so much money on medication if you're suffering for Jesus? Huh? Glory to God. You see, they get sold a lie. By his stripes you're healed. But you've got to stand on it. You've got to know it's true. Yeah? Hallelujah. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Yeah, so pursue love, okay? Thank you, Jesus. So that's the love of Christians, one to another, yeah? Uh, let's do 1 Timothy 1.5. 1, 1 there we go. Thank you, Lord. 
Timothy. Come on, Timothy. There you go. Timothy was trying to hide. 1 Timothy 1, verse 5. So whereas the object and purpose of our instruction and charge is love, which springs from a pure heart and a good, clear conscience and sincere, unfainted faith. Okay? So our charge is love. We're told to love one another. Yeah? So, but it springs forth from a pure heart. So a pure heart. A pure heart is one that doesn't think evil of anybody, but always thinks the best. Hallelujah. A good, clear conscience and a sincere, unfainted faith. A good, clear conscience, that's, <clears throat> I keep short accounts. So if I make a mistake or do something wrong, get angry with somebody, I've got to repent and pray a blessing on them. Hallelujah. So when somebody holds me up in traffic and I get cranky, <laughs> repent. Thank you, Lord. Bless them. <laughs> Jesus' name. But not just words. It's got to come from the heart. Yeah? Because I can say it but not mean it. Yeah? Then it's just words, empty words. But I have to mean it. So therefore I've got to focus on the person that's just frustrated me and pray God's blessing on them and protect them from other road rages. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the love of men towards God is the other aspect of this agape. Okay, The love of men towards God. So 1 John 5 and verse 3 John 5, 3. <clears throat> For the true love of God is this, that we do his commands, keep his ordinances, and are mindful of his precepts and teachings. And these orders of his are not irksome, burdensome, oppressive, or grievous. Okay, so <clears throat> the true love of God, that is, if you truly love God, then you'll do his commands. You'll do what he says, yeah, and keep his ordinances. So we're mindful of his precepts and teachings. <clears throat> so when you read the word, because you love God, you want to do what his word says. Yeah, so it gives you a, you have a heart to do the word. And when you do the word, it's not burdensome. It's not oppressive. So the devil tries to make out that to be a Christian is a hard thing. To do what God wants you to do is hard. But in reality, it's the easy route. Hallelujah. Because Jesus says that his yoke is easy to bear. It's light and easy. Yeah. Why? Because you learn to rest in God. Hmm? You don't struggle and strive to do it in your own strength. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. So you see, when, when you learn to love God and rest in Him, so by resting in Him, you trust Him to work through you. 
That is, you trust him to show you the way forward. You trust him to give you the words to speak. You trust him to show you what direction you need to take. You trust him in every area. And when you learn to trust him in every area of your life, it's not hard. You find out the day was easy. Yeah, Man, I got a lot of green lights today. It was such an easy trip and no stress. Why? Because I had spent time in the word and praying and having communion with him in the morning before I left home. And when I left home, I left at home at exactly the right time so that when I arrived at the set of traffic lights, they were green. Hallelujah. And you get a dream run. And no crazy people trying to chop you off or push in. Glory to God, those people in those little hatchbacks that squeeze into your braking zone. You go, you're kidding. Praise God. God bless you. Protect them, Father, from the bull baths. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think just because I'm small, I can get into that gap. Yeah, but there's a 40-ton semi-trailer behind you, a B-double, sitting behind you, and you just squeezed into a gap, and he can't really see you because you're so small. Are you nuts? <laughs> Glory to God. You see, that the Bible talks about lawlessness. In the last days, there will be lawlessness. So if you look at social media, there's so much lawlessness out there today. People doing crazy things. In America, um, snatch and grab. Yeah. People are just walking into shops and taking what they want and walk out not without paying. They, they smash things in the shop and get what they want and run away. Yeah. Welcome to the new world. Hallelujah of lawlessness. Thank you, Jesus. And people think that they're outside the law, they can do whatever they want. Hmm? That's what they've been taught, isn't it? Yeah. Life's good. Do whatever you feel like doing. Hmm? I saw a sign on a Volkswagen combi van once. Um, it was one of those hippie-type vans with all flowers and stuff on it. Yeah. <laughs> And it had written on it, you know, if it feels good, do it. Yeah? That's a good motto to live by, isn't it? If it feels good, do it. Somebody took a sledgehammer to it and beat it up and then put a sign on it. It felt good, so I did it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you suffer the consequences of what you live by. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How do you live? By the word. You see, you'll have whatever you say. Mark 11 tells you, you'll have whatever you say. What are you saying? Do you love people? Oh, no, I'd rather get away from people. People are a problem. Hmm? <laughs> right? The world would be really good if it wasn't for so many people. Yeah? You take all the people out, I'd have fun. Really? It's the people that make it. Yeah? Without all the creative people that are around, you wouldn't have what you got. The clothes you wear are created by somebody. Somebody dreamed it and produced it. Hallelujah. Just so you could look good. 
Thank you, Jesus. The cars you drive were created by someone. But if we didn't have that someone, we wouldn't have the car that you've got. Hallelujah. You see, everything we have is because we've got people. The food on your table is there because somebody planted to produce or somebody grew the animals to produce the food. Hallelujah. So without the people, you don't have what you've got. So thank you, Father, for the people. Thank you for their creative ideas. Thank you for those who work hard to produce so that we can have what you've ordained for us to have. Bless those people, Father. Hallelujah. So learn to bless the people that produce what you have so you can have more. Yeah? But no, so that God can be, receive the glory because he planned it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are we having fun yet? Amen. Mm. So that's the love of men towards God. So let's do the love of God towards men. We turn there. There's a, there's a ring in it. Thank you, Jesus. So the love of God towards men. So Romans 5, verse 8. It says, But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. So see, even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So you don't have to be a good person for Christ to die for you. Yeah? So why do we wait till somebody's good before we learn to love them? Yeah? So it's like when somebody first becomes a Christian, they've still got all of the old stuff hanging around because the Bible says to put off the old man and put on the new. And that's a process yeah, that's ongoing. So putting off the old man is a process. So when somebody first gets born again, They've still got a lot of the old man hanging on. Yeah? Okay? But we are still to love them. Yeah, but they're covered in tattoos. But this is wrong. This, they don't wear the right clothes. They don't dress properly. They don't do this properly. They don't do that. Who, who are you? Glory to God. When you catch a fish, is it ready to eat? I know Filipinos love fish. So is it ready to eat? What do you got to do? Clean it? You got to get the scales off first, don't you? Yeah? And then you got to get down and dirty and cut it open. And then clean out all the insides. And then you got to wash it to get all the mess off. Yeah? before you can even start to cook it or eat it raw if you like Japanese <laughs> hallelujah yeah. but before you can start to eat it there's a preparation isn't there it's the same with a new Christian when they first come into the kingdom of God they've still got all the old stuff yeah. 
So yes, you're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And you are a new creation in Christ, totally brand new creation. But what is that totally brand new creation? You've got Christ on the inside. Hallelujah, the new creation. But the old man is still hanging on. And all of your experience is from the old man. That's why Romans says, renew your mind by the word of God so you get rid of the old man and put on the new man and become the creation that God planned you to be. Hallelujah. So as Christians, we're to love them because they're born again. And it doesn't matter what they look like. And it doesn't matter what they do. It only matters for you to love them unconditionally. Hallelujah. So you see, there's a great harvest to come in of souls into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. And so as, as believers, you need to be mature enough that when new Christians come into this house, you don't judge them because of the way they carry themselves or even the way they speak. Or if they smoke. Praise God. I think I've told you about the... <clears throat> in Hawaii, there was a, a new a believer came into, a, into the church. Not long saved. But he smoked marijuana. And it had been a habit of his for years to smoke. And people kept telling him he had to read the Bible. So he was reading his Bible. <clears throat> And then they told him he had to give up the smokes, couldn't smoke marijuana anymore. So he stopped. But then he couldn't read because his vision went blurry. So he went to the pastor and said, Pastor, what do I do? I, I want to read the Bible, but they've told me I can't smoke. And if I don't smoke marijuana, I can't read because my vision's blurred. So the, the pastor said, light up and read. Why? What's the important thing? The Word. If you're reading the Word, your mind will be renewed. And within three weeks, he was no longer smoking and still reading the Word. Glory to God. So the Word brings revelation and renewal. Refreshing and strength. It, the Word is the key to bringing, putting off the old man and putting on the new so you can become Christ-like. Hallelujah. So when these new born-again believers come into this house, you need to love them as a brother and sister, unconditionally. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So I've heard testimony also of a church that <clears throat> they got a building and they put this brand new carpet in the building. Yeah? And they're there praising and worshipping God. And then these new believers came in, dressed like they just came off the street. Mm -hmm. Dirty, muddy shoes. They walked in on this brand new carpet and made it all dirty and muddy. And all these Christians got upset and kicked them out. Glory to God. So were they Christian or were they religious? You see, Christ-like one, you don't care how they come as long as they come. 
and they have a hunger for the word. If they have a hunger for the word, I don't care how they dress. I don't care what they say, as long as they're reading the word. If they're in the word, their mind shall be renewed. Amen? Glory to God. So prepare your hearts to receive new believers and have an unconditional love for them. Amen? Glory to God. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> so that's the love of God towards men. Romans 5. Let's go. That was Romans 5, 8. Romans 8, 37. Thirty-seven, all the way down to 37. Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors. So anybody here more than a conqueror? Yes. Amen? See, my, my wife was more than a conqueror because <clears throat> she always got the paycheck. Made her more than a conqueror. <laughs> Hallelujah. I earn the money and she gets the money. Thank you, Jesus. Now I've got to go back next week and earn more money <laughs> so she can get more money. Thank you, Lord. But we work together. Hallelujah. Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. For I am persuaded beyond doubt and am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing at all can separate you from the love of God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so that's nothing you do or nothing other people do can separate you from the love of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So 1 John 3 and verse 1. 1 John 3, 1. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown and bestowed on us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> And so we are the reason that the world does not know, recognize, acknowledge us, is that it does not know and recognize and acknowledge him. So the world doesn't understand who you are because they don't understand who God is. Hallelujah. So don't get upset when the world's upset with you. Hmm? Rejoice. Rejoice. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That you give me wisdom an insight, word of knowledge, that I can impart your love into the world, the people of the world. Amen? And cause them to come into the kingdom, to have a revelation from God. So the love of God towards Christ is John fifteen ten. John 15 and verse 10. It says, if you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and, I, and live on and in his love. So Christ lived in the Father's love. So we too can live in his love. 
Hallelujah. And then John 17, 27. So this is the love of God towards Christ. John 17, 26. I made your name known to them and revealed your character and your very self. And I will continue to make you known that the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them, felt in their hearts, that I myself may be in them. You see, the love the Father has for you, you can feel it in your heart. You know it. When you get a revelation from God, you sense his love. Yeah, and you can sense him in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hmm? So the love of Christ towards men is John 15 and 9. John 15, 9 <clears throat> says, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love and continue in his love with me. Hmm? So Jesus loved you. He loves you just as the Father loves you. So the love of the Father, the love of Jesus, translates into you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So the other aspect of agape, or agape, is a love feast. So a love feast um, is expressed when, when believers gathered they would have a feed before they took communion. So they'd have, like, you have a luncheon, they, they would have a feed. And the, but the, feed was, the food was provided by those who were wealthy. So the people who had money brought the food so that those who didn't have money could eat. So it's done on a daily basis, that the wealthy were bringing food into the house of God so that everybody could eat together. Hallelujah. And then after they all ate together, then they would have communion. Thank you, Jesus. So that was known as a love feast. So that scripture is um, Jude 12. So it, Jude. If you go to Revelation and turn left, you'll find Jude. Jude and verse 12. It's only one chapter. Jude verse 12 these are elements of danger hidden reefs in your love feasts so where they boldly feast sumptuously carousing together in your midst without scruple providing for themselves alone they are clouds without water swept along by the wind trees without fruit at the late autumn gathering time twice doubly dead, lifeless and plucked up by the roots. So he's talking there about um, religious people, those who aren't truly born again but come into the church and they take what you've got. Yeah? They're not connected. They call themselves Christians but they're not submitted. So in order to be a Christian, you need to be submitted into a house of God. Yeah? <clears throat> so that then you are in alignment with the kingdom of God because in the kingdom of God there's order and structure. Yeah? And then when you're submitted in the kingdom, then you're submitted to a leadership 
And when you're under that leadership, you're not running here, there and everywhere trying to get a word from God. Because the word of God is delivered in the house of God. Hallelujah. That's why God says bring the tithe into the storehouse, his storehouse, so that there's food in the storehouse. The food is the revelation from God. The food is the scripture that you need to learn in order to live. Hallelujah. So if, if you bring the tithe in, then part of the tither's rights is to receive the revelation of the house. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, God's good. And all the time, God is good. Hallelujah. So in, in 2 Peter 2.13... This is Peter talking about the love feast. 2 Peter 2 and verse 13. It says, Being destined to receive punishment as the reward of their unrighteousness, suffering wrong as they hire for their wrongdoing. They count it a delight to, re to reveal in the de daytime, uh, revel in the daytime, living luxuriously and delicately. They are blots and blemishes reviling in their deceptions at love feasts and carousing together even as they feast with you. So that was, he's talking there about the gathering of believers together. So when, when believers gather together, it's also seen as a love feast. Why is it seen as a love feast? It's... Um, the believers of love feasts gathering together, our true purpose in coming together is to magnify and feast on the love of Christ, sharing his love with all. So because you're feasting on the love of Christ, yeah? So when we read and meditate in the scripture, we're feasting on the love of Christ, yeah? So that's also known as a love feast, hallelujah. And that's what this agape is talking about having a love feast. Love feasts are good, aren't they? <clears throat> so we're planning to have luncheons um, at a regular, a regular time, not necessarily every month, but a nu numerous of them throughout the year, that we can call people in. So you can invite friends to come in and feast with us. Hallelujah. But that's when you can love on people and... See the love of God poured out. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, hallelujah. The, the two other words for love in the Greek, one is phile. Phile love is, is P-H-I-L-E-O. And that's friendship, fondness, affection, delight, personal attachment. Yeah. So, <clears throat> it, in your group, if you look at Christ and his disciples, it talks about John, who was close to him. But also there was John and James and Peter were the three that were closest to him. Jesus took them up onto the mountain where he, when he met Elijah and Moses. They were the three that were close to Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> then there was the twelve. Yeah. So then they were part of the 12, yeah? But you see that the other nine weren't as close to Jesus as Peter, James, and John. 
So it was like Peter, James and John, Jesus shared everything with. The other nine, he shared more with, but not as much as he did with Peter, James and John. Yeah. And then there was the 70. So you read about the 70 in Luke 10, where he sent the 70 out after he sent the 12 out. He sent the 70 out to minister the kingdom of God and healing. Hallelujah. And then there was the 120. The 120 went to the upper room. Hallelujah. But then you see there's also 500. The Bible talks about there was 500 that followed him around. So that was a big group. But only 120 of those 500 went to the upper room. Okay, so in your circle of friends, you have your brothers and sisters in the Lord whom you love unconditionally. But within that group, you'll also have a few that you'll share anything with. So you need wisdom. Okay, so just because they're a brother or sister in Christ doesn't mean you share everything with everybody. You need wisdom. Why? Because... Not everybody has had the same experience as you in, in the kingdom. Yeah? So the, the deepest things of your heart you can share with people who are more experienced than you in the kingdom. Yeah? Who have more understanding than you. Okay? So you need wisdom with how you speak or what you share with people. Make sense? You understand? Yeah? Why? Because you could share something with, with a new believer that you've just experienced yourself in the kingdom, but it blows their mind and, and they take off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So pray. Yeah. Be careful what you say. Hmm? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So share testimony. Yeah, that's good. Share testimony. The revelation of God that you've received. Is part of your testimony. The experiences you've had in God, share them. How how they have revolutionized your life. But make sure that you talk more about what God has done than what you did wrong (laughs) when you share testimony. Yeah? Don't glorify what you did wrong, glorify what God has done in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God's good. All the time. And the other, the other one is eros. So the other Greek word, eros. E-R-O-S. And that's the romantic, sexual, passionate love. Okay? Which is awesome between a husband and wife. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But you see, the devil takes that one and pushes it to the next level. Yeah, and, and creates lust. Thank you, Jesus. So that's where you bind the spirit of lust. Because lust comes in many forms. Yeah. So anytime you sense that coming on, that you have a strong desire for something, uh, just in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Father, I give you glory. I thank you, Lord, that you meet all my needs in accordance with your riches in glory. I thank you, Father, that you provide everything I have need of. Yeah. And I don't need to pursue anything 
I only need to pursue you. And then you provide the things. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And then lust has no foothold. Thank you, Lord. So even when it comes to a relationship between male and female. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your provision for husbands and wives. Hmm? Glory to God. He's a good, good God. And he has your best interests at heart. So you don't get a dud. <laughs> Hallelujah. Eh? Isn't that good? You get someone who is perfectly matched to you. Does it mean it's going to be easy? Uh-uh. Why? Because he says, love one another. Okay, Lord, unconditionally. Thank you, Jesus. Unconditional love, yes. Works really good in the household of a married couple, doesn't it? Yep. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So learn to love one another. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So let's stand. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So does anybody need prayer for anything? Anybody need prayer for anything? Are we all good? Yes? No? Thank you, Jesus. So Heavenly Father, we give you glory. We give you praise and we give you honor this day. We thank you, Lord, for the love that you have for us. We thank you, Jesus, for the love you have for us. But Father, we love you. We give you glory. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you this day for all the love that you've poured out into our hearts. We thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask that you teach us to love one another so that we can love one another as the Father loves us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.